Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who actually managed to defeat Shen Long, Mr. Drew Celestino. Ah, he fears my strong style. You... You must defeat Shen Long to stand a chance. I guess I stand a chance then. You do. You do. So, wait, and does that mean if I must defeat Shen Long to stand a chance against Ryu? Yes. Does that mean Ryu is stronger than Shen Long? Well, the Shen Long is actually a mistranslation. Oh. Um, in the original Japanese, it says you must defeat my Dragon Punch to stand a chance. I see. Yeah. So, Shen Long was a mistranslation. Everyone interpreted as Ryu's um, sensei, his master. Gotcha. Okay. Which turned out not to be, because his master is uh, Goken, who was instructed it, by Goki. So Shenlong is nobody? No, it was just a mistranslation. Oh. I always thought it was somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a bummer. I mean, it was somebody in the uh, the April F- the now famous April Fool's that I remember. issue of EGM. Yes. I remember coming across some people in the arcade trying to do that. Those were good times. It was the old the old uh, Photoshop before yep. Photoshop Photoshop articles in the phone book thick monthly issue of EGM? Those are the days, man. Yeah, we lived and died by EGM. Yeah, Game Pro to came around first. Game Pro. Yeah, well, Game Pro was first, and for a while they were kind of the top top one around. But EGM came out and quickly, yeah, usurped that. Good times. Would you, of, okay, maybe this is a loaded question for you, but probably <laughs> EGM Game Pro Nintendo Power. Um, where would you where would you kind of rank? Early day Nintendo Power, they were kind of. I mean, it was it was very specific and it was catered directly to its audience in yeah. the NES days. But at later days, it kind of became I don't want to say unnecessary, but kind of unnecessary. I don't know. It it lasted a long time, but Nintendo Power wins covers. Oh yeah, well, yeah. well iconic. Some some of those covers are pretty. The first issue the with Mario, ones. yeah. The track and field track shoes, Castlevania with Dracula's severed head. Yep, <laughs> yep. Ninja Turtle one. Those were good. Yeah, I was always EGM over Game Pro, but I did enjoy both. So yeah. Nintendo Power, you know, that was kind of you couldn't buy Nintendo Power in the stores. No, you couldn't. You had to so, subscribe to it. Yeah. I, I go back so far as I got the Nintendo newsletter first before they changed it to Nintendo Power. Of course, you had that. Well, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm older than you, so, you know. Uh-huh. Anyway. I got a launch, Ness. So. I'm not surprised at all, in the slightest. <laughs> Put it. All right. You, did, to... you didn't need a table for it, because, you know, you had that, the, the flag you could put it on, mm. along mm. with your TV and a, and a coffee table. <laughs> Telling you, man. All on the flag. You glorify the flag. It was not a great it's toy. It's symbolic. Yeah. All right. On the opening statement, sir, how was your week's? Week was A-OK. So on your recommendation, I got around to watching The Toys That Made Us on Ooh, Netflix. on Netflix. Yes. Yeah, what'd you think? Skipped Barbie. Well, I think yeah. we all did. Um, I mean, it's not that we're sexist against Barbie. It's just, you know, we didn't play with barbie i don't care about barbie yeah so not our thing. i'm sure it's, it's fascinating maybe i'll get to it uh but the other three episodes star wars masters of the universe and of course jay joe it was it was good uh some good insights especially into the star wars and masters of the universe 
uh, stuff. The G.I. Joe stuff was interesting, fun. Nothing you didn't know? Nothing nothing really that I didn't know. And ultimately, I also felt that it uh, ended much too soon. Um, it just kind of like this, it, it, it just said, you know, through the eighties, GI Joe's was, was gangbusters until it wasn't. And then the end, it's like, well, wait, the line ended in 94. So like saying that it peaked in the eighties and then just ending the show is omitting a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, but why again, did the it's line a 45 de- minute? Episode. I know, I know. You and wanna- then I could have, honestly, I know for the sake of history, it's important but all of the 12-inch stuff from the proto days, I yeah. don't care. I'm sure a generation before me yep, vividly cares. They're G.I. Joe. But I don't care. I want, give me all the sweet, sweet Cobra stuff. <laughs> that's all I want. Sweet, sweet can. Um, but I wish they would have covered the, the, the decline in the 90s and, the, and the, the rebirth in the early 2000s, which lasted a decade and gave us a lot of great figures and a revival in a movie. Two movies, one of which was soul-crushingly terrible, and the other one that was less so. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would have liked to have heard something about that, even though they were well-received. It seemed that they went into that a little bit with Masters of the Universe. They did. That so, was that was interesting like to me. revival and whatnot. I knew there was, like, some stuff out there. I didn't know the extent of what was out there. The Masters of the Universe was... was Pretty interesting, and uh, the, I didn't know if there was like dis- disparaging theories about who actually created it, and some of these guys are at each other's throats over it. And, yeah, and which is funny because like Paul Dini was kind of the Larry Hama to Masters of the Universe. He wasn't even in the thing. No, he wasn't. That surprised me. I was expecting him to show up because I guess he like wrote the Bible for wow. Masters of the Universe. So yeah, that was crazy. I, I, I also was... I would have liked a, a similar complaint about the Masters of the Universe episode. If I had any complaints about that, was actually a really good one. But my only complaint about it was they said like the toy line was did four million, five million, two hundred and forty million, and then the next year it was like cratered. It just died. Yeah. Why? Yeah. They didn't. They, they didn't even broach like okay, what happened? What was the break point? I think that's when you had. If I had to guess, it's probably when you had the introduction of like Transformers and GI Joe. I that's what I think too. Because like, like at the when those years that they were going gangbusters, early from, early eighties. From what I can remember, there wasn't a lot of competition. Star Wars and that was Star it. Wars and Star Wars was kind of on the way out, yeah. and Masters of the Universe. Yeah, and, but Star man, Wars was hard. new and where Masters was new and, and exciting. And Star Wars was like okay, they're kind of making up vehicles at this point to <laughs> make as a toy, and which was interesting because they did make up yeah, vehicles. They did, and, the, and George the liked slightly it. off-screen stuff and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. There was a very early. I can't remember if I think it came out in the Empire Strikes Back line. I don't remember it being in the Jedi line, but you can kind of see that. It may have had a heavy influence on the Imperial shuttle, but it's just like a small little one-man shuttle thing. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I would highly recommend. The Star Wars episode was good, but if you really want to, if you want to get like in depth, like what you were hoping for for the GI Joe and the uh, GI Joe one, look up uh, Plastic Galaxies. Mm-hmm. It's like full hour and a half documentary on the Star Wars toys, much more in depth. The the Toys That Made Us episode on Star Wars was kind of like the bullet points. 
yeah, of yeah. that documentary. High level. You would really, I think you would Is there really a G.I. Joe that. episode of that or documentary, or is it strictly no, Star Wars? No, stri- it was made strictly for Star Wars. Okay. The other thing uh, I found fascinating in that Star Wars episode was, um, it was a lot, actually, uh, but the one funny thing, and I, and I actually stopped for a second and thought, like, huh. So, George had a really raw deal with his original toy contract. Yep. And it was only after he renegotiated the toy deal where he got a much, much, much higher percentage of profit from it from toys. Yeah. Did the prequels come out? Huh. Yeah. Fancy well, I that. Mean, he funded the prequels himself, so it's just just saying. It's people wanted to crap on George in eighty three about putting Ewoks in and just these movies are just excuses to sell toys and you know as kids we kind of think like no that's a trilogy and it's sacred and it's awesome <laughs> then it's like you know wait a minute he's said numerous things he's made no secret about the money being in the toys so I mean it's- I, I know it's you know like I have these I have this grand vision for the prequels and it's going to be very interesting and it's, it's, it's like George you should make those movies oh I will when the toy contract comes in. <laughs> okay. And get that, that toy money. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that was cool. uh, that, so that was cool. I watched that. That was a good time. Uh, we had a little game night Friday. Yep. Played some new stuff. Played some Luchador as, 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 as we want to do now. Yes. And it's great. And I love that game. Yep. Played um, some Knoxford. Knoxford. Right when I was getting into it, it ended. And then right when I was getting into it, we realized that we played all of our big moves early. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, you know what the mistake we made was, is that we played, for for those of you who haven't heard the game, it's relatively new. I'd highly recommend if you're into games, picking it up. It's a lot of fun. It's tile placement area control game. So the mistake we made is playing all the cards from the draw yeah. deck early and not playing syndicate cards. So when it came to the end, when we're playing our syndicate cards, the only thing we can really link them up to is other syndicate cards. It was getting heated in the middle there when we were trying to one-up each other and really vie for control. But uh, yeah, once we ran out of uh, control cards to play... Yeah, like the last two turns, it was just kind of like, okay. Yep, let's just wrap her up. Yeah, but I'm glad you liked the game, though. It was kind of neat. I would definitely have a different strategy the next time I played it. But, yeah. um, again, first time, so we, we yep. live, live and learn. And then what did Alan bring over? What was that game? Uh, Forbidden Fruit, Fabled Fruit, Some, I think something fa- with fruit fabled and fruit, maybe? animals. Cute. Yeah. Interesting. It was adorable. It was nice. Um, it was cool because, like, he he brought out this massive deck of cards for the game. I, was I like, know. How are we getting through this? But then a real cool thing about the game is, like, it gives you bags to put the cards you've purchased in into the bag to keep them separate from the main deck so that the next when time you play, play next play you start kind of pick up where you left off in the deck yeah that's kind of neat i thought that was a, a neat little mechanic yeah so yeah change your strategy every time until you go through the whole deck anyway so yep. that's yeah it's pretty cool um let's see here saturday 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 uh, it's park. a band practice on saturday uh which was just a-okay and um after that we had a little uh Surprise party for a friend's 30th birthday. His name is also, uh, his name is Andrew. Okay. So we took a picture and our friends, they, you know, who hosted the party, they said, we have a photo booth, air quotes, take a picture in front of this backdrop, put it on Facebook, tag us in it and hashtag it Andrew's 30th. 
Okay. Jen and I took a picture and did instructed. And then I had 14 to 15 people wishing me a happy birthday. Don't these people know when your birthday is? You would think. Your birthday's in June, late June? July. July. I'm closer than the people on Facebook. Good effort. You are closer. And also, I'm- I know it was a J month. At this point, I'm on the threshold of being closer to 40 than 30. I would think they would know that too. Yeah. Yeah. So- Bad, bad form, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Anyway- uh, Sunday, 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 um, low-key day. Football. Uh, watched a little ball, had a couple beers with the old man. So, it's been, what day, what's the date today? Today's the 16th. 16th. 16 days into this new year, that's roughly two weeks that I have been actively getting back into working out and being very conscious of what I am intaking. Going back to the game. Uh, not yet. The, no New, the New Year's people are still clogging up oh, the parking yeah. lot. So tomorrow, though, because I drove by today and the yep. lot was much better. So if I drive by tomorrow, I'm I'm pulling in. All right. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, but I'm waking up earlier, riding the bike, doing DDP yoga. I'm trying to get myself back into form. And oh my god, if you, once you get once you get away from DDP yoga for a while, once you go back to it, you are in a world of hurt. Makes you, I make, could do this. I could. If, oh God! What muscles I haven't used. It, welco- in a while. it welcomes you back, but it makes you hurt for leaving. It does, but it's okay. So here's the thing: it's been two weeks, and it's been you know I feel good. I felt good about doing it. And I'm trying not to fixate too much on numbers or anything like that. Right? Yep. I haven't lost a damn pound though. Not one. But you're not fixating on numbers. I say that, <laughs> and yet, <laughs> so I'm a little miffed right now. <laughs> And I'm 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 gonna keep at it, but it is really, really annoying when you're making an effort and not seeing results. So yeah, I think I gotta get back into the into the gym and add that in as well, and then I'm really gonna be hustling. All I can think though is that I've I've cut back on beer two <laughs> weekends in a row and it hasn't done a damn thing. And I'm that really busts me up because I, I like my beer. You I, do, and I'm declining my. I'm I'm I am depriving myself of something I love for an effect that I'm not seeing. Well, you know, give it time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah, that's yay, and um. That's I man. Not not much else has been goings on. Viola, cool. here we are. Here now. How about you? Uh, my weeks was okay. Uh, we had uh, yesterday off for work, which was cool. That's nice. I didn't. Yeah, well, you know, we used to we used to have um, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off, but they swapped Christmas Eve for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which that's I was okay with. Fair. That's a yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um. So. Julie was A, not feeling well, and uh, B, had a couple things she had to do throughout the day, so I was essentially on baby duty for the whole day, pun intended. I see what you did there. Yep. Um, So, yeah, there was that. Uh, The weekend, like you mentioned, uh, we had game. I'm kind of going from current to reverse, but then I'm going to jump back to current. Um, Like you mentioned, we had game night. That was fun. Uh, What else? 
Got to watch uh, some football. Went over to a friend's house for the Vikings game, who is a Vikings fan. Oh, God. So that was a whirlwind of emotions inside of two minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, That'll happen. Yeah. That uh, that does that. I mean, not for so much for Bills fans. We just... No, we're always on the other end of that. Yeah. Uh, a Vikings fan in Buffalo. Yeah. All right. Sure. My, my key group of people who I watch and discuss football with there's a vikings fan uh 49ers fan and a chiefs fan are they from these locales no actually the one that was a chiefs fan did live in missouri for a time all right i'll allow that but the other ones are a mystery to me but hey man you do you i guess you don't necessarily have to pick your home team when you're of age and picking your teams what tie do you have to these other teams though like I don't know. Okay. Well, like I said, you do you. Um, so that was fun. Uh, finished Mario. This yes. Week. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really just can we, spo- can we spoil something? We'll spoil something. Yeah, sure. Spoilers for Mario Odyssey. Three, two, one. The ending when you possess Bowser. Yeah. Is that, that not awesome? That's that's. <laughs> Pretty crazy awesome. <laughs> and you just start smashing through the whole stage. Yeah. In 8 bit and in yep. full full on glory. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Super cool. Very very inventive. Would it's tough because like I think granted, I have not played a ton of Mario games in mm-hmm. recent years. I think the last one I played before this was the Super Mario 3D World. It's a great uh, one. The Wii U. Yeah, that's a great, that's a really good one. And before that, I think it was Super Mario Sunshine. Ooh, yeah. Which I always loved. Um, but before that, we're going back to like Super Nintendo. And so I never played Mario 64 or anything like that. Oh, you poor soul. Well, you know, I had other systems at the time. I. And it's not, it's just an observation, not necessarily a criticism. I would have liked more like confrontations with enemies throughout the stage instead of just straight up exploration and finding stuff. Yeah, but are they really a threat? Yeah. Really? A Goomba at this point? A tower of Goombas. Yeah, but as soon as you throw your hat, you just, you know possess them, walk them off a cliff, and jump out of them as he, as their bodies fall. Mario is not really about the enemies. It's more about the traverse, traversion of territory. And the enemies are often means to get from one place to another. All right. I mean, again, just just an observation. It didn't, it, the, like, the Odyssey, the, the 3D world didn't seem as challenging to me as, like, the NES ones and the Super Nintendo ones and Hmm. So but that's probably just me. All right. Um. What else? Oh, the Godfather trilogy has been on Netflix, and I've been rewatching. Oh that. yeah, there's a third one. Yeah, I've okay. been uh I've been rewatching that. I found having watched the first one again, I have a problem with it that I never had before. Go on. It doesn't detract from the film at all i mean it's still you know godfather godfather part two are immortal yep i mean less so three <laughs> three has this pl- has its place in the story and i've said in the past that even though 
three is I can make no arguments for three being a quote unquote good film. No, um, it's my personal favorite. Why? Ah, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I'd rather you like the prequels than say that. <laughs> I don't think you would. Oh my god. Um. No. My, no. The reason I, I three has always been my favorite is because I like Michael's story in three. Everything surrounding it is not great at all, but like everything that involves Michael and the how he kind of comes full circle in three I, is I something get, I've always enjoyed. I get what they were going for, but yeah. Like I said, I'm not saying it's better or even that it's good. I'm just saying it's personal preference. Wow. All right. Well, you, okay. But anyway, so your problem with one. My problem with one is. For the first part of the movie, anytime we see Michael, he's going on and on about he's not going to be in the family business. He's not his father. That's right. the family. It's not him. And then the second he has an opportunity to get in the family business, he jumps right in. Yes, because when he was trying to get out, everything was hunky-dory. As soon as his father gets shot, things ain't hunky-dory anymore. Yeah, and there's no one else. There's not this massive organization that's been running fine without him when he's been in the service. That can, you know, Sonny can't take care of this. Tom Hagen can't can't take care of this. Uh, send Fredo to do this. You, send Fredo to do did, that. Did, did you miss the part where they wanted to send? They couldn't send any of their people in. They needed to send someone that was trusted and a civilian on the outside. Michael was a known outsider to the business. I just think the change happens too quickly. But again, it's just a small thing that I never, it's it's a me thing. It's not something I'm saying that destroys the movie for me at all. It's still great. It's just something like eh, it's, let me let really me let me let me before. let me let me let me go ahead and just clarify for you. I can say that I'm not going to do something, but if you attempt to kill family, speaking as someone with an Italian family, your words go out the window real quick, <laughs> and then it's on. All right, I'm just. So, from a narrative standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, it's very true to, uh, to, 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 yeah. Trust me, I've, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen rationale go out the window once someone's family's invoked. So, so yeah, um, I'm about halfway through three. I just like that's, the that's new about boat. enough. Nah, I, like I said, I I personally enjoyed the film. Ah, oh, Sofia Sofia Coppola's performance is just it's captivating. The, it's not the best. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely capable. Andy Garcia playing an Italian. Yeah, that okay. too. He was still good in it. He's fine. Like again, there's it's they meant well. It's kind of one of those things where. Compared to one and two, no, it's not good at all. No. Compared to like 80% of other mob films out there, it's probably superior. Given the fact that they waited so long yeah, after one and it. two, it should have just that been really like, you know, we can do the, this third one, but should we? The absence of Robert Duvall hurts it. Yeah. Yep. All because they didn't want to pony up an extra $4 million. Yeah, that was back when Robert Duvall could command. Some yeah, money. that was that was Days of Thunder, Robert Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not so, talk yeah. about Godfather 3, please. 
My God. So that was that. Um, had some fun. The uh, the beta for uh, Dragon Ball Z Fighters. They had an open beta this weekend. How's that going? After some initial uh, problems with the servers and whatnot, they got it figured out, and I got into it and got some matches, and that game is fun. Okay, so it is a traditional fighting game. With- yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's um, like... It's going. It's one of those games that you you're gonna. If you jump online, you don't know what you're doing. You're gonna get. How do people know how to play it already, dude? Fighting game players who play fighting games primarily um, learn and adapt very quickly. There are some things that are universal to fighting games, some philosophies and concepts, Hmm. Um, and so you know, a lot of people are just blessed with really good um, muscle memory. They can teach themselves things really quickly. The hand-eye coordination is really good. I've never had, like, I feel I've got good hand-eye coordination, but I think for fighting games, kind of a little bit beyond that, um, there's a way, like, your brain kind of preloads what you're thinking and then communicates it to your hands for the execution and I think good fighters have that, and it's something I've never had. All right. So execution has always been always been a problem for me. Um, so, yeah, but... And also today, the Street Fighter V Arcade Edition comes out, so I'll be loading that up when I get home and jumping back on the stick for that. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that was pretty much it. All right. For the the week, um, got an X-Wing tournament coming up this weekend, of which we are actually sponsoring a pop bonus. Are we now? Yes, the Devil's Dues. Look Dues, at us. The Devil's Dues contributed a prize to the prize pool for the Dave and Adams monthly X-Wing tournament. We contributed a special edition uh, three-pack of Funko Pops of Wedge, Biggs, and Porkins. Is Porkins bigger than the other two? No. I call shenanigans. I as well called shenanigans. All right. I, I saw that. I was like, mm. this is lesser porkins. Yeah. Oh, also, I forgot. Uh, I, Literally lesser porkins. <laughs> I was uh, at Target and I got you something for. Oh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Cool. Nice little magnet for the refrigerator. Thank you, sir. It's a, uh, it's a daredevil magnet done in the uh, classic style. Looks a little uh, Ramita Sr. You get one for yourself as well. I did. There were okay. only two left in the store. Faded. It was fate. Destiny. No fate, but what we make, folks. If you don't, <laughs> jeez. Oh, wow. Talk about a bad third movie. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah. about a bad franchise. Off post. the rails. It's off the rails. Yeah. Although, and again, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this. I enjoyed Salvation. Well, good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, if you want to tell us about your week, if you want to send us some questions or comments to the show, you can do so at the following locations in the social media plane of existence. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devil's do podcast.com drew that being said we do have a question this week so let's open up the uh let's get into the cross-examination only one email this week from mr jj Samino. 
Drew and Carl, you guys talked about your favorite things from 2017. What are your what are some of your least favorites slash biggest disappointments from 2017? Mm. How about the rest of the year as a whole that we didn't mention? Yeah, everything outside of the pop culture landscape that happened kind of was a bad year for reality, good year for pop culture. Well, but sticking to we're going to kind of confine ourselves to pop culture. Fandom was the worst thing of 2017. Oh, boy. Here we go. And it will continue to be the worst thing in 2018 based on what I'm seeing so far. Buckle up, everybody. So. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, no, I know you want to. You've been brewing on this for a while. So this Fans is- are the worst. Fans of anything are the worst. You're too invested. You're not rational. You gotta take it down a notch. And you won't. You'll just continue to get worse. Filthy cesspools of you people. Filthy cesspools of you people. Making edits to The Force Awakens. I'm sorry, to The Last Jedi. That are anti-woman. Because you don't want to have women tell men what to do. Someone did this, by the way. They edited the movie down to like 45 minutes to take out any scenes where women had authority over men. Because... Raise a Mary Sue and she shouldn't tell the boys what to do and stuff or whatever. I don't know, but you're you're ridiculous and it's stupid. Then we got the crackpots that want the Snyder Cut of Justice League and they're going to make sure they cry enough onto the internet about it until they get what they want when no such thing even exists in the form that they want it to exist. You're terrible people. <sighs> Philadelphia Eagles fans punching horses in the face after the football game. Bills fans trashing parking lots, setting things on fire in Jacksonville. I'm just to go to the seat from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> you cannot think of that scene. Or Arnold punching the camel in both Conan movies. Yep. Um, anyway, I digress. Video game fans, the ultimate worst. Gamergate, look no further than that. I that was a couple digressing. years ago. But <laughs> video game fans are the ultimate worst. The most entitled, whining bunch of brats in in in. Maybe in history, it's possible. It's very possible. Can't take it, man. I'm I'm done. I'm done with fans. You're all awful. You you are all awful, and you 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 ascribe ownership that you do not have over these properties. I get you like stuff. I like stuff too. You don't own it. You're not entitled to it. You just enjoy it and enjoy it without being crappy. And if we could get that in 2018, that'd be great. Because 2017 didn't go so well. Cheswan sauce. What the hell was that about? <laughs> Fandom was the worst thing in 2017. And I, I based on we're 16 days in and I'm already mad. It's going to be bad this year. I promise. I promise it's going to be terrible. Something terrible is going to happen this year with fans. I guarantee it. I'll guarantee it. This is the year that I renounce all fandom. I'm going to enjoy stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig the stuff that I dig. And that's it. I'm not going crazy anymore. I'm not I'm not I'm not putting myself in any camp of any sort. I'm done. I'm just going to like what I like and I'm going to move on. And the rest of y'all good luck. Good luck being awful to each other cuz that's that's all you seem to be good at. There, I had to get all that out. I I probably mean half of what I just said, but I don't care. That that ha- that had to get out cuz it's terrible and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Can't take it anymore. We're all terrible. All of us. I'm done. 
There you go. Jay asked. That, that's. I think it was kind of funny where you said you're already upset. Yep. Implying that there was a time in which you were not upset. There's there's brief moments. <laughs> I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Um, for me, I think, you know, I just, aside from the fans of our show, love we y'all. do love you. Love y'all. Appreciate you. You know why? Because none of you are, are, I, are setting fires and, 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 and being terrible to each other. You're I, all cool. I, I just don't listen or pay attention to the fan stuff, so it doesn't bother me as much. Um... I think for me, for 2017, the biggest disappointment was probably also the most anticipated disappointment mm. was the performance of DC films. Mm. I mean, Wonder, Wonder Woman was good. Wonder Woman, um, I know you didn't enjoy it as much as I did, but Wonder Woman uh, was really good, and we kind of anticipated it being a step forward for them. But just how they didn't capitalize on that at all with Justice League and <sighs> Justice League just being this huge mess. I know um, where you're coming from. I like guess. it was it was a disappointment because again, we've said numerous times on this show we want the DC films to be good and it just they didn't make the strides forward that even though I didn't anticipate them to it was kind of like, you know, when your team loses and you knew they were going to lose, but it still kind of sucks when they lose. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not, dis- I'm not disappointed because I didn't really think they would do well anyway. I wanted to be surprised. I did too, but yeah. I, but because I saw it coming, I'm not really disappointed. It's just kind of like, well, you, you, you certainly lived down to expectations. Yeah. So yeah, that was... That was that. Well, um, okay. It's a little less impassioned than what I had to say. Well, <laughs> it's <know>. okay. <laughs> I, have, I have a better outlook on humanity than you do. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, Drew. Yeah. At what point will it finally be the end of the line and you can join me in the no more WWE side of things? Mm. What's your eventual tipping point? That's a great question because I don't know because last night's raw was actually pretty decent. <laughs> it was it wasn't that bad, as as weird as that sounds. Even in, even in a condensed one hour form, there wasn't anything too egregious that that I loathed. Mostly because they focused on Braun Strowman just breaking things and, and trash and stuff, which was kind of fun. So, oh, and and Seth Rollins has his curb stomp finisher back, which is like, oh, hey, wait a minute, he's doing stuff again. <laughs> I thought he couldn't do that anymore. Now he's doing it again. So there were there were uh, there were moments of of raw that were like, oh, you're you're okay. Fix yourself here. Help. Fix yourself. They'll they'll blow it. They'll they'll blow it. I feel like I'm one of the the groundskeepers in 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 major league. Yep, they're crappy again. <laughs> they're still crap. So. It'll happen. How Do you about, think there is a tipping point? Is there like a breaking point where you just finally throw your hands up and say, never again? No, because I've thought that in the past and it never happens. It's just a slow, it's a slow, gradual decline of interest. And eventually, maybe it'll bottom out eventually, but it's not totally bottomed out yet. It's on fumes, but it's not 
gone entirely. What if, here's a suggestion, just to kind of challenge yourself. Mm. See how much you still want to watch WWE. Mm. What if you took a month where you watch no WWE whatsoever? I'd be fine with that, actually. I would suggest trying that. And if after that month uh, you want to go back. I've got obligations. I can't just do that. So it would cause some it would cause some some tension. Okay. There may come a day where that happens though. All right. Where that there will be other obligations that will prevent me from doing other obligations. It could happen. Just saying it could happen. Okay. Maybe. I All don't right. know. But for now, we just we just get through it as quickly as possible. <laughs> It's like a band-aid. You got to tear it off real quick. Do you actually watch like full matches and whatnot? Yeah. You'd be surprised how much filler there is in a three-hour Raw. A lot of recaps, a lot of commercials, a lot of recaps. Raw is recaps. Gotcha. Raw is war? No. Raw is recaps. (laughs) All right. Carl, what are the odds of you doing steroids so we can see you in an NJPW ring? You can team with Hogan as the Mustache Mafia. Um, first off, I don't need to do steroids to get an NJPW ring. My body is cut and ready to go as this. Well, it's if you really wanna, not. If you, it's, if, if I you, probably need to do a lot of steroids, like steroids on my Frosted Flakes in the morning, steroids in a milkshake, steroids, you know. Well, Roman Reigns is your hookup, so. Watch <laughs> uh, for that, folks. Yeah. They're all on steroids. All of them. Well, yeah, they've always been. I know. Um, maybe they just don't do as much anymore because they're not as big as they used to be. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So maybe so, I don't know. <laughs> in other words, don't look for it. Yeah, whatever the uh, whatever the word is, the Japanese word is for divine and mustache. That will be my. My wrestling name. All right. The All divine right. mustache. The divine mustache. Someone someone with the Japanese background, please uh, let us know what shoot, that is. Shoot us that. <laughs> shoot, shoot us that translation. All right. So that brings cross-examination to a close. Now we get into the case files and business, and the case files is picking up. So as January is want to do in the pop culture world, uh, news has been kind of slow for the first couple weeks in January. Everyone's just kind of taking some time off and not really uh, going hard in the paint with anything. But this past week, we've had some stuff, nothing like, you know, blockbuster level. Business is picking up a bit. But business is picking up. First off, it was announced that Marvel is indeed developing a Black Widow solo film. About time. Yeah. Yeah, this was this seemed kind of a no brainer for a long time. Like yeah. even like a, a Black Widow Hawkeye team up film. Like I would very okay espionage heavy. But yeah, Black Black Widow uh solo film be uh, be pretty cool. I mean, looks like we've already got one coming out if you've seen the trailer for Red Sparrow. That's the Jennifer Lawrence movie yeah. where she's not mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like a Russian it's assassin. Pretty much like it's the Black Widow. It's the Red Room, and yeah, yeah. how about that? So, good. good so we'll way, get a Black Widow origin that. story. Yeah, way to be on that, Marvel. <laughs> yeah, little behind. Yep, they're they're not perfect. No, no, they yeah. they yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, um, does Black Widow have a traditional rogues gallery? She's got a uh, no no one that I could just like name for you off the top of my head. But I have read a few of the Black Widow series, and she's got you know enemies. I'm sure okay. they could pull f- for her. Yeah. All right. Again, none that I could name, but I know yeah. that she does have a certain number of foes that she goes up against. Yeah, basically just make a Jason Bourne movie with Black Widow. Kind of like all that. all you need to do. Sure. Doesn't even need to be like very superhero-y. No, in fact, I would shy away from anything too superhero-y. Just make it, like you said, real espionage yeah. and and uh, spy-oriented and, and yep. focus on her, her skill set. Alrighty, so staying in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we got our first look today of Ant-Man and Wasp. We did. Uh, today released they released a production photo, and basically it was Ant-Man and Wasp. In full costume, with full, full costume, masks. Full mask, standing next to each other. Um, Ant-Man looks is pretty much... I like we remember know. him? Yep, remember, costume looks solid. Wasp... Doesn't look bad. I like the costume. I like the helmet. It just needs more color. Needs some yellow. Yes. It, I said what they were going for with the with the golden kind of tan looking. It's kind of yellow. Kind of? Yeah. Kind of? No, no. More more yellow, please. Yeah. You, you put yellow on yellow jacket in the first movie. We can't yeah. do it again. Like the, the panels on the costume, like the shaping of the costume is good yes because it, it's very reminiscent of like classic wasp costumes right now just like you know mix them as as tony would say mix some hot rod red in there sure or, or uh yeah oh that's another thing i forgot from this weekend week two of uh road to infinity war ah, incredible hulk so how did it hold up for you still it's still a great movie still a great movie still okay. like uh, it's my preferred uh visual of the hulk compared to what we have now well, i like them now better <laughs> not that we have not that what we have now is bad it's just i like that one better it's much more like it's i just think it's better i think I, it looks better okay i like the one now because he looks like the hulk to me <laughs> like well, he looked like the hulk then too he is little. he had the emo hair and his features were a little too pretty no he had the he had like the classic like 70s 80s hulk mop top in that Go back and watch yeah, it again. But his face is a little too... His face is fine. It's a little too pretty. It's fine. Anyway, um, uh, Abomination still doesn't have ears. Nope, still doesn't have ears. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Abomination wasn't... The thing is, I liked the way they kind of set him up and introduced him and tied yeah. him to the Super Soldier Serum and Tim Roth is Tim Roth. Yep. I like Tim Roth. A lot of, lot no of world building yeah. going on in that film. Um, so yeah, but no, it's good. Holds up. It, also... Uh, the, the the finale of that film, you can tell me all day long that they're in Harlem, bro. I know what Toronto looks like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have seen Toronto a few times, and I yep. know. Anyway, yeah. That's I, I digress. So, uh, but uh, Flash and Wasp looking good. Uh, staying in the yes, Lucas. We know you want to leave. Staying in the the Marvel uh, gravitational pull lack of a better term stopping off at the house of ideas uh the marvel comics has a new publisher they do dan uh, buckley is is going out to pasture yeah mr john knee n-e-e is stepping in as publisher of marvel comics now explain to me if you know because i'm not sure if i know 
What is the difference between like editor in chief and publisher? The publisher is above the editor in chief, and the publisher is in charge of not just overseeing the quality control of the whole comics line, but also licensing the line out and overseeing bigger creative, not creative, bigger commercial uh, concerns for the line. So the editor-in-chief will be in charge of the actual creative direction and assigning teams to books and things like that and kind of controlling the creative end. The publisher is above him kind of steering the direction of the entire line of comics in a retail sense and in a directional sense of where they want to go commercially. All right. So that could mean getting them back onto spinner racks and seven elevens, which would be, you know, welcome, even though yeah. they probably wouldn't sell. Uh it could mean, you know, we're gonna do this and this to enhance our digital presence overall, or we're gonna partner with this and this to try to get, you know, kids into comics over here. The publisher is kind of the bigger overseer of of the whole thing. Um and I I was kind of fascinated by this guy's background. He was the former head of Cryptozoic Entertainment. Yes, he comes from another form of entertainment we're very fond of, uh, board games. He uh, was in Cryptozoic Entertainment, which uh, produces a lot of deck building games. One particular to us, the Street Fighter deck builder uh, is from Cryptozoic. So they have kind of like their own system, gameplay system that they've trademarked and whatnot. And like there's... Street Fighter one, there's DC one, there's like a couple different ones, but it's basically the same game. Well, the fact that he's coming from outside of comics and he's coming from a game background is kind of interesting, but it's also it's interesting in that he's coming from a market that has been growing, that being yes. tabletop games. Um, so I would hope he can apply his connections and his knowledge in the areas that he has seen the growth in that industry and apply it to the comics industry because gaming is growing comics are shrinking um and i think they need anything they can do to st- kind of stem the tide um december 2017 at at retail for comics um just for a matter of perspective dc like owned the month of december yep. in terms of market share mm-hmm. but comic sales overall are down in a big bad way yeah and what that means is the the way Marvel goes, so goes the comics industry. So if Marvel's in a down period, that ain't good for the industry overall. So they're going to need to put some effort in to get things back up and get the course uh, corrected and get things going. I don't know what that's going to mean. And this is this is bigger than just like put this team on this book. Or you know, this is again. Yeah, I think comics are shri- a shrinking market, and yeah. how do you stem that loss? How do you stop that bleeding and then revive them? I don't know. We're in a yeah. digital age, and attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. You tell a kid he's got to wait a month for a comic book, and you might as well tell him, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, I think you difficult. you really alluded to it earlier, uh, and I know that we've discussed this previously on the show which is getting comics back in the hand of the general public. I think to do that, you have to go back to where comics started out. You have to go back to like 7-Elevens, grocery stores, convenience stores, 
get them on spinner racks, make them cheaper. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids, I know that, you know, inflation and everything, kids got more money than they've ever had before, but to like a, a kid, three, four bucks for a book, still, still a lot of money. Um, like go do, do two editions, do like a newsstand edition that has, is done on, you know, lower grade paper and is not meant as a collectible and then do a comic shop edition. And you know what? You, you know what collectors are like, they'll want both. (laughs) This is, this is fine in theory. Um, I mean, they won't do it, but ultimately I think it's bigger than that. Even I, I don't. This is a bigger, uh, without getting, too, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but uh, everything I'm into, essentially, is dying. So I'm kind of in this weird point in my life where I realize that uh, everything I care about is going away, and I'm a dinosaur. So comics are kind of part of that. Kids today have have electronic gadgets and crap, and I don't know what comics mean to them if anything at all how do you and you you need to breed the next generation of readers for this all to ultimately survive i don't know how you do that even at a lower price point is a kid going to spend his money on a comic book or is he just going to do kids just like buy in-app purchases now on their phones i i I think like i think the what's what what is it no, I get what you're saying, and there's definitely valid points to be made there. I think the introduction of comics to kids is kind of flipped now to where it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now kids are finding their way into the comics through the films. Right. Um, and that's where I think Marvel has an opportunity to kind of grab new readers is through the films and they've had 10 years to do it, and they haven't done it. Because they're still just catering to comic shops, and you know they need to get back into the general public. They by the time like, they, I think by the time they figure out how to do that, this whole superhero movie boom is going to be over. Possibly. And we will have missed the boat. Yeah, it's, it's very possible. Um, so, yeah. I think, like... I don't think comics will necessarily go away while I'm alive. Whether or not they go away, what you know, in William's lifetime, that's yeah, completely different ball of wax altogether. That's well, that's ultimately that's kind of where I'm going. Like, how much yeah. longer does any of this stuff have? I I don't know. Of course, if comics did stop. Those ninety books they the, go up in value. Oh, <laughs> no, no, there's still a million of them. <laughs> They're not going up in value. <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, that's going on in Marvel. Uh, a couple months back, we reported a new story that a new, uh, an old, old favorite in the comic world was coming back for a new series from Archie Comics. That being Dick Tracy was going to get a new series from Archie Comics, uh, telling stories of like a young Dick Tracy starting out. And that, I think we report that back in like early November or something November, like that. November, December-ish. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. Canceled before it even got to ground due to licensing issues. You think they would have that all ironed out before they announced it? I'm surprised that the character is not public domain. 
Well, I understand that like Warren Beatty has the film rights and is not going to do anything with them unless he plays Dick Tracy. Yeah, so we're just waiting that out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but I don't understand how the the other stuff goes. I have no idea, and apparently neither does Archie Comics. Yeah, I'll have to ask my friend Nate, who we had on the show, who was on our horror episode. Yeah, he would probably know. We should ask him. This is. Yep. Uh, I, I'm very curious as to what happened. Who controls this and and we can't get a comic series together like what what yeah. okay yeah i blame warren Beatty though sure why not <laughs> he seems like the smug type to, to... he seems blameable he's <laughs> he look he saw the art and was like that doesn't look like me <laughs> i want to look like me now yeah, sir, right sir right. It's, a, it's a young dick tracy i know <laughs> want to look like me now put madonna in it Make her look like she did in their nineties. Yeah, yeah. I could. This that's probably what happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about Marvel. Let's uh, let's jump across the street to the dumpster fire that never ends. Well, we thought it was ending, but no, nope, we it's thought not. it was ending. But it's, it's like uh, Kane. The fire still burns. Yep, fire <laughs> still burns. <sighs> where do you want? Where, Your call. Where do you want to start with this? Uh, I don't know. Flip a coin. All right. So, Drew. Yeah. What's a, a job that almost every director in Hollywood has had? Ooh, ooh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I've been attached to direct The Flash. Yes! Yeah! Well, they got two new directors. Okay. I didn't even bother reading the articles to who the directors oh. were. I was just like, okay. Well, they're, I'll clarify then. Yeah, they, go they ahead. Are, to be fair to them, they are two guys who uh, co-wrote Spider-Man Homecoming and were slated to direct it before... Um, the ultimate director that they went with, and I forgot his name, uh, did direct the movie. So okay. they have some pedigree, although I should warn you, they also directed the Vacation reboot with Ed Helms. Didn't even see it. And neither did anyone else. So, you know. Um, uh, good good luck, guys. You We'll call me in a month when you're yeah. no longer on the project. This movie, I have to, like, I listened to the most recent episode of Fat Man and Batman. Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard were talking about something that I think is very real possibility. In that the current slate, airframe quotes, yeah. of DC films beyond Aquaman yeah. that have not, like, really started production yet. Yeah. Very good chance with the turnover of creative teams and management and Warner Brothers films that we don't see any of them. I've I've assumed that. Yeah. When they cleaned I've, house, I, I I that was my first thought. Like if it's not in the can, yeah, it's done. I always I said from day one we would never see Joss Whedon do a Batgirl film. It was never going to happen. Probably so not. It's very good chance. It's f- funny enough. The one that has the best chance of happening is the shazam film because it's already it's happening got the rock attached to it yeah and the it's rock not, has pulled it, maybe they've they've cast they haven't started filming yet no but if if there's any possibility if george miller will tell you anything about dc films that having cast means nothing yeah if they want to keep Dwayne happy they're gonna make that movie and i you know you we joke about this and like it almost seems ridiculous to say but like the Rock is like the most powerful guy in Hollywood right yeah, now. Jumanji's making money. Jumanji's making all the money. 
Jumanji has been. How is this happening? I think Jumanji has been number one in the box office for the past three weeks. That's bananas. I have no desire to see that movie whatsoever. <laughs> bananas, Jumanji. I Jungle. didn't even mean to do that, but look what happened. <laughs> um, but The Rock, though, he just yep. He, he he's especially he's immortal. He's teamed with uh, Kevin Hart. There you go. Kevin Hart's box office gold too. So put the two together. What do you got? A lot of money. So, so The Rock is going to be even peripherally attached to the Shazam movie. It's going to happen. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. Or Warner Brothers just goes, hey, Dwayne, that Shazam movie, we're not moving forward with it. But here's this movie you can do instead. Maybe that. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So um, kind of sticking in the dumpster fire area. Flash area specifically, if it is what I think it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 Um, let's, let's go into one of the, the multiverse earths. Well, that's the idea. Where the flash film gets made. Uh Uh-huh. And is from all the reports coming out, it will most likely be the last appearance of Ben Affleck as Batman. That's the word. And then they will be moving on with Jake Gyllenhaal as Batman. Oh boy. We will... He's certainly an actor who has been in movies. He's a good actor. I just Is don't know he? if I picture him. It's like what? He's an actor. He No, I think he's a he's No, he's a good actor. He's a perfectly cromulent actor. <laughs> he's a good Is actor. Is he Batman? That's the question. No, but, he's yeah. not Batman. Matt Damon's a good actor. I don't see him as Batman. Sure. Yeah. Matt Damon's also a better presence than jake Jill. jake he's just a guy he's a guy well, who shows up and has a face and name you recognize <laughs> although if he is batman we will live in a universe where batman is slept with the joker think about it oh yeah <laughs> there you go jake Jill and also we will Heath live Ledger. in a world where batman will have slept with his sister yeah in the film not yeah. You know what I'm the saying. The characters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm being very meta here. Yeah. Layers. Layers. It goes deep. So, yeah. Um, you know, part of me. Like, if you want to go, because Flashpoint is time travel, and with oh, time travel, you can do anything you want. and all kinds of nutty stuff. So, if you want to, yes, you can go younger Batman with that. But if you still want to commit to, like, the older Batman, how do you not get John Hamm? John Hamm would make a spectacular Batman. You could. Probably. You could tell me that John Hamm was playing Batman in a new Joel Schumacher Batman. I would probably still go see it. <laughs> uh, well, he's apparently angling for the movie for the role as well. So I don't know what's going to shake out of all this. But, you know, part of me feels bad for Ben Affleck. Like, he. Yeah. He, I. I it's weird. I don't think he was bad in the role. He wasn't. He was but not. He even was in, given nothing. Even in Batman versus Superman. He wasn't bad in the role. Batman was terrible in the script. Yes, the script. The scripts have done him no favors. Yeah, he looks the part. He's got the Bruce Wayne thing down. He's got. He's 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 perfectly fine. His bat like it. It should have worked, except except the script had yeah. to show up. Uh, I I feel for him, and you know, then he then he was supposed to write and direct his own Batman flick. Yeah, and I would have loved to have seen that. I wonder, like, did he? 
get cold feet after the poor reception of the movies, and that's when he decided, like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. Or, it, or was it Warner Brothers saying, like, these movies tanked, we're not letting you do it? I don't know. Maybe a combination of both. No, because I think it's more him moving away from it after not only seeing the reception, but also just seeing the initial scripts and being like, this is the direct... Because this is a guy with but, a working comic book knowledge but i mean he was supposed to write and direct and yeah. star why didn't uh, what happened because they probably told him you have to do x y and z you can write and direct and star but you have to make sure to do these things and uh, it's not like with marvel where you know they've and yet, established and yet they're about to do that they're about to get away from the universe concept and just do standalone stuff and he's gonna leave now yeah i well Bad time. I, I, like I said, part of me feels bad because I'm sure had they given him something to work with, it would have been good. But alas, here we are. Yep. Yep. Kind of a kind of a shame. Kind of a shame. Yep. Which is unfortunate because I was really hoping. I know. Again, it's in that list of movies that that were never going to happen. Really would have liked to seen another Green Lantern movie. You know what just dawned on me would have been kind of cool? And actually, something happened in the past issue of Green Lantern you would have loved because um, Hal, Jon Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner are all like on a mission trying to save Ganthet. Okay. And they're they're comparing themselves to the Four Horsemen and arguing over who is Ric Flair. Oh, that's pretty cool. Who wanted to be Arn? I don't. I just saw, I didn't get to read the last issue, but I saw that in an like X script. But I am given what I I'm know about those to, those four guys. Hal is Arn, or I'm sorry, Hal is Hal is Rick. But John's like, but I'm the leader because he's currently leading the Green Lantern Corps. Th- that's fine, but you're not Ric Flair. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, Hal's got more of the Ric Flair in him. Um, so it just dawned on me. Well, what, what it, it, we imagine this, if you will, Dup. and. Just, you know, for the sake of uh, full circle and uh, of, you know, career trajectories and parallelism and whatnot. Yep. Wouldn't it have been fun if we could have gotten a Batman film with Ben Affleck as Batman and Jason Lee as the Joker? Yes. (laughs) 15 years ago, that would have been fantastic. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Not so much Jason Lee now. No, he's kind of weird now. Not so much weird, just kind of not quite in shape. He would need. Well, it would have to be a Dark Knight Returns kind of older tale. Well, you know my casting for Dark Knight Returns. I've said this numerous times. Keaton, you're going to do Dark Knight Returns. You do Ed Harris as Batman. Oh, Ed Harris, yes, yes, yes. And uh, Christopher Walken as Joker. (laughs) Wow, Batman, (laughs) darling. Oh boy. Anyway, moving so, on. So, yeah. yeah. Rest in peace, Ben Affleck. Yep. Oop. So, what else we got? That's that about doesn't for the case files. Okay. Brings us to a close. All right. So I guess uh nothing left to do now but mm. Narful the Garthok? Narful the Garthok. <laughs> I can't where did I put my Oh, you lost them. I must have Wait, are they on top of your... Nope, nope. No, wait, 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 wait. Hey, my wallet. Where's my wallet? Look at you. What? You so found I got, it. So I got Good a job. Street Fighter wallet. Shut Good job. Up. Good job. 
And then, okay, here we go. Rustle the paper. <laughs> Notebook is still taking it, so I'm getting used to. Okay. The Punisher, episode four, entitled Resupply. Drew, you're going to say something right off the bat. Not nope. crazy about this episode. No? Nah, it had some moments. It picks had, up. Had some moments. It picks up. Um, but this is this felt very filler to me. This was kind of the tab A that needed to be put into slot B to move the story along. That it, I think with a lot of stuff we've discussed in the past with the pacing of the Marvel Netflix series, I think if you want to pick up the pacing, you could have done everything that happens in this episode in like half of a, another episode. You're not wrong. Um, you're not wrong. Uh, but but again, on my second viewing, it all kind of starts to make a sense. Yeah. So have you finished the series yet? No. Okay. I think I'm on the ninth episode now, halfway yeah. through. Something happened uh, in this ep- in the ep- when I watched actually halfway. That really bothered me. So we're going to get to that at some point. Have you finished Iron Fist yet? <laughs> no. No. But I will finish The Punisher because <laughs> The Punisher. And The Punisher is a vastly superior show to Iron Fist yes. in every possible way. So not not to worry about that. But yeah, yeah. something did happen in, a, in the most recent episode that I watched. I was like, we were doing so good. What happened here? What are we doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about what it was after the show. Okay. We'll get out. to that. Thought we were going one direction, and then suddenly it's like, oh, wait a minute. Anyway, we're not going to dwell on that now. Yeah. Let's get to the episode four here, not the episode nine. So we open up. Lewis digging a hole. He's digging a hole. It's a good old-fashioned hole digging. <laughs> My God, it's been a while. My God, it's been a while. Not to be confused with the episode of The Simpsons where there are the hole diggers in Central Park at night. Yeah. We're, uh, wait, what are, did, I, did I say The Simpsons or said- Seinfeld? Said Simpsons. Oh, I'm sorry. Seinfeld. When Jerry brings the van into the into Central Park at night, and there's those guys just digging holes. Yeah, no, never watched Seinfeld. Oh my God! Okay, we've it's, covered this. We have. It's good. It's 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 a good episode. Um, not to also be confused with the episode of The Simpsons where Sting digs a hole into the well. One of my fans needs me. I don't think he's ever listened to one of your. Quiet, albums. Marge. He's a good digger. He's a good digger. <laughs> the parrot's dead. Everybody out of the hole. <laughs> this Gentlemen. parrot died of natural causes. Back in the Everybody hole. Back in the hole. <laughs> Remember when The Simpsons was good? Yeah, me too. Uh, good stuff. It's not that it's bad now. It just it's needs not, to end. Yes, you'll yes. Wa- you'll laugh at least once every episode of The Simpsons. I'll cringe more than that, though. Unfortunately, that's the problem. There's a laugh, then it's like, oh. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there's a hole. He's digging yeah. a hole. Lewis is digging a hole. And meanwhile, we're reacquainted with an old friend. Turk! I, I, okay, at this point... Frank, just pull the trigger. This, just pull the trigger, Frank! I'm not going to go that far, but at this point, I'm, I'm just thinking, Turk, you got to rethink your life, buddy. <laughs> That's the whole point of the character, though. We're friends here, man. You got you to you, you make some better choices, is what yeah. I'm saying. Nothing has ever gone your way ever. 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 I love the Bendis run of Daredevil. There's there's an arc where Turk becomes like the boss. And everything goes wrong. (laughs) Because he's totally inept and it over his head. And it's great. Turk. Uh, Turk. So Um, Frank's... Frank's looking for some guns. Guns, guns, guns! See, that's the funny... That's the thing about this episode. And ultimately... 
I can I can solve this whole episode for you in its length really quickly. He gets a pink gun. He gets one pink gun from Turk. Because of course. <laughs> because of course. We needed an episode to get Frank guns. Like I get on paper why that would you'd think We didn't need an episode right. to get Frank guns. So I wrote in my notes here We needed like, a scene. This might be the longest note I've ever taken on the show. Okay. <laughs> or any show. And so there are other Frank needs guns. So yeah. first he tries to get them from, from Turk. He doesn't have any. So now he's got Micro doing all this legwork to find him some guns that he can get. Yeah. Frank. You're in New York City, dude. Right. So and you and you're a and you like to kill criminals, right? Right. Okay, my note is why doesn't Frank just kill more bad guys with guns so that their guns can then become his guns? Frank you know, Frank's got standards. Uh, he does you know what? <laughs> It can't be just, you know, Joe. He want any it can't be gun. just Joe Chill's, you know, six shooting revolver. He needs, you know. I I, I think Frank would know. Would you let me let me put it this look. let me put it this way? Would you walk into Target, buy a guitar off the shelf, and go play to a long cold dark concert? No, God, no. Okay, that's, that's what, fair. But <laughs> that's why Frank needs good guns. Okay, let me let me let's curveball this then. At the very least, he knows where to acquire, with cash, good guns. Maybe not legally, but he knows where to get them. Yeah, but these are good, good guns. <laughs> oh. So, like, go kill some honestly, gangsters. I don't honestly believe that. I'm just presenting a counterpoint. Go kill some gangsters, take their money, and then buy the good guns. But he wants good, good guns. <laughs> this is like watching, this is like Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> oh, we got some big guns. We got some big, big guns. But I think we're all out of big, big ammo. Can John Lithgow be in a Marvel movie? I want to say yes. Who could he play? Because now I kind of want it. All right. You're going you're, you're gonna to have to. He's old now. He's older. He's going to need a wig and a mustache. Go on. And he's going to need to be J. Jonah James. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking it, I kind of want it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. J.K. Simmons is the standard. Oh, of which oh, yes. I don't think anyone will ever surpass. No. There's Christopher Reeve Superman, and right up there is J.K. Simmons, <laughs> oh J. Jonah Jameson. That's some rarefied air. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, quite. You just compared Christopher Reeve Superman to J.K. Simmons. I really did. Oh and can God. you argue with me? No. <laughs> exactly. I really can't. That's, that's, that's good. It was Shakespearean in its delivery. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking about the scene where he's just laughing. <laughs> you're serious? <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're serious? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I let Lithgow. I yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. All right. Or I could see him being a really good uh B villain. Someone along the lines of like, you know, a mad scientist type. Yeah, I could get that I could see that too. Not sure who though. Yeah. Like even though they kinda did him in the homecoming, uh the mad thinker. The, the tinker? The mad tinker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uncle something. Ben? No. 
No. No, I can't see it. He, there, he can he can be It's know. gonna be like for all the flaws the amazing Spider Man movie series had, they nailed Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Martin Sheen and, and Sally Field. It's yeah, gonna be yeah. hard yeah. to Martin Sheen literally looks like a John Romita <laughs> Steve Ditka drawing of Uncle Ben. I like the guy from the Raimi movies. He was good. He was good. We're talking about Martin Sheen. You know what Martin Sheen's Uncle Ben was? It was the scene from Wayne's World 2. I know this isn't really a big role, oh. but can we do a little bit better on the actor and they bring out Charlton Heston? That's exactly what, uh, what Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben in Amazing Spider-Man was. I, I, I don't... I'm not saying... I don't, I don't disagree. You're, you're, that's a good point. Throw me another pitch, baby. I'm knocking him out the park tonight. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think we're kind of belittling <laughs> the point that a lot of what so went anyway. on in this episode could have been much more condensed yeah um so i did notice that uh lewis the dude who dug the hole he is in the hole he's in the hole and he has that pamphlet that the nra guy gave him so (sighs) this this will come up this will come into play later on yeah and i feel like that is lazy I don't like. Think... I don't get his like again when he's in when he's in that meeting. Number one, he doesn't strike me as the type that's gonna. That's that's not his beef. The yeah. Second Amendment isn't his beef with where he's at. He is a wounded mentally soldier who yeah. wants to be back in combat. Yep. He he like needs it now. He doesn't care about you know oh they're gonna take my guns away that's not his beef so now we got him that's his beef now really really you know what i think it is i think it's that he's a soldier without a fight and this gives him a fight i guess but and it's something like along the lines of because lewis is the character that the show is asking us to do a gut check about veterans who come home I no, I know you're, like, you're right. It's more Lewis than Frank, and I think when you have a soldier who is trained, uh, programmed, lived war for X number of years, and then you suddenly take him out of that. Oh yeah, he's broke. And tell him to go live a normal life. There's a a gap there that needs to be filled. And I think this, while not like the the best, I'm sure that this has happened in real world scenarios that you know. They just, they need a fight. He I, needs a fight. I, I'm not saying it's every veteran. No, no. By I, no means. But I think in this, what they're saying is like, Lewis needs a fight and this gives him a fight. I I hear what you're saying and that is probably right. But given what happens later on in this season, this is a really weak setup for it. Yeah. it's It's one of the few things that there's actually a constriction of time to do what they want to do as opposed to an abundance of time because it is a B storyline to the main storyline that kind of gets elevated for briefly later on in the season. Oh yeah. We're going to have some conversations later on that are going to, that might get, you know, not heated between us, but it might get some heat, uh, with listeners we'll see how it all shakes out because real real some real world stuff comes into play oh yeah uh but in any in any case i just i feel like uh 
that they plant the seed here and it's like I only caught it in the second viewing of the episode. I missed it entirely the first time around. Yeah. And when we get around to episode nine or so, I'm like, oh, I had only upon review did I put the two together, which tells me that it's a really soft. They didn't do a good job of building that into his head. And I feel like it's still a stretch for his character. But in any case, you're probably right. Um, so Micro is spying on his family via cameras in their house. Yep. And Frank has to go over there for reasons. Insurance. Yeah. All I can think when I'm when I see this is like, you know, I get I get that he's the tech guy and he's in hiding and he wants to keep tabs and make sure they're okay. Kind of creepy to have cameras on your family all the time, and like sit around and watch them all day. Yes, let's hope that doesn't get too creepy and 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 like pervy. Yeah, um, I think though, I can understand it. I get it. Given that you know he wants to protect his family, and there's he's limited in the capacity in which he can do that now. Sure, um, especially since there's kids involved. You know. Day ever comes, you have kids. <laughs> it's like you were saying with like when we we're talking about the Godfather. You'd be surprised what you do to. I get all that. that. Just, just, it's it, like it play like I'm. It's it's silly, but it's just like it plays for the show. Like, look, he's into it. But, just, but all I can think is just like he's like, not doing like a you know psycho shower scene thing to it. I mean, I guess he's just sitting there in his underwear, scene. like. Yes, do it slow. <laughs> do it, sex. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's when the practical realities of the situation come, you know, into my head that I'm like, wait a minute, this is... Yeah. Stop that. You stop that right now. Yeah. I hope he has enough presence of mind to be like, oh, this is inappropriate. Yeah, and Frank goes over there, um, comments that he's not a hipster. No. Hates no, hipsters. Frank, Frank Castle is not a hipster. And is there is there uh, a feeling of Frank kind of subconsciously searching for normalcy in when he is at Micro's family's house? A touch. He gets to be the family man. He gets to essentially role play the family man again. That's kind of a temptation. Not a major temptation because I think ultimately like he knows what he needs to do, but this is kind of like reminding him what that life was that he had. It's there. You're you're right, but he's he's not over there because he wants to be necessarily. Though, yeah, Micro made him go there. Yeah, and so they have leverage on each other. Yeah, and Frank wants leverage on Micro, even if the leverage is kind of implied. Hey, I know where your family lives, so don't screw with me. Which is kind of weird when you think about well, it. Well, I mean, there's these two guys are still getting to know each other. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, I it, it 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 is softening Frank a bit, and it does kind of read a little bit like that. Like it's a a, a peek into not what could have been, but what was, and yeah. what maybe he can get regain someday. Yep. But at the same time he does have his mind on the mission and this is this is kind of part of the mission yeah it's the subterfuge mm-hmm. so you know it's it's fine also um micro's kids a jerk and his wife is bringing a name tag 
So she must not have a very prestigious gig. Yeah, very good chance there. The kid is a jerk, and we will see how much of a jerk the kid is oh, yeah. in later episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, you just curious. I, I don't know kid, what she does for a living. Go, but kid's gone through trauma. So. He has absolutely. I I just I don't know what she does, but it looks like she like works at like you know the Hobby Lobby or something like that. <laughs> it's possible. All right. Well, just putting that out there. Um. So domestic Frank is domestic, fixing drains and fixing cars and stuff. Um, meanwhile, um, our boy Billy Russo is doing his big Anvil recruitment speech. Yeah, which Lewis is a part of. He's in. Yep. They want to recruit him into Anvil, and Curtis is like, "Nah." Yeah, no, no. You're, <laughs> nah. Oh, by the way, that training scene where they're like, Lewis is, you know, he's just rocking in the training, and like, yeah. you know, and Billy's eyeing him up, like, "Yeah, this dude might be." the man and before curtis is like no you don't want him yeah. uh i can't do a pull-up nope much I can't less either. several just so you know yep so i, I, I sympathize I, with the guy that was having a hard time yeah yep with you bro that's rough i don't bench bro <laughs> let alone know how much i bench so that little b plot though is developing in this episode quite a bit because he does get rejected by Anvil. Billy tells him, "Yeah, I can't trust you, and you're out of here." Which only sends Lewis kind of further down the spiral. And I think Lewis kind of—I think from the way it seemed that Billy was approaching him, Lewis still had a chance. It was all hinging on his interaction with Billy, which he kind of botched. Did he though? I mean, yeah, he didn't like come up with a straight answer, like. Billy asked him straight up, what's with the hole in your backyard? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, that's nothing. That's not the right answer there. No, no. Probably not. Also, Anvil's flag is off-center, and it bothers me. (laughs) Their logo is like in the top right corner, and it's like, it's it's weird. It's it's a lot of wasted real estate on a flag. (laughs) Man, the old Russian flag must really annoy you then. It's just a design element thing that I'm like, that's off balance and it's bothering me it's like the stupid minnesota vikings number font terrible terrible fine. it's terrible there's a fine line between clever and stupid i know what side that's on stupid it's fine it's stupid it's different they can't all be the same yes they can there's a reason why collegiate numbers were the standard for a century Yes, because we should never change anything. We should never right. try anything new. We should never, you know, reach for new heights or design right. new things or create new things. We Mind should, always, clever and should always go with what's old and Go with boring. what works, not with what, you know, looks stupid. Boring. Clever and stupid. Be um, on the right side of history, kids. Don't be stupid. So, we got some stuff with Madani in here. Yeah. She's kind of settling into her new role. They're finding out Wolf was... Dirty. Yeah, yeah. She's, many, many millions and many offshore accounts. We're also learning about Madani's character and that she oh, doesn't crap. Like, she does I not, shouldn't have told him it was offshore accounts. <laughs> oh crap. I shouldn't have said it was legal. It's too hot. <laughs> she uh does not let stuff go. So she's kind of obsessed and she is not the type to just kind of uh let anything slide. So she's possessed over the uh, murder investigation in Kandahar, and now this wolf thing happens, and she's going to kind of take charge of that as yeah. well. 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, she's just as obsessive as Frank is. She just happens to have a badge. Yes, yes. So she kind of, uh, like, goes over her partner's helmet to take over her little operation with this gun deal. Yeah, she kind of like, you did this wrong, this wrong, that wrong, there. But it's a good plan. But it's good. It's good, though. It's good. Except for all this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. You know, but, but thought that counts. <laughs> You're doing all right, Stein. Sure. You're such a good agent. Who's a good agent, Stein? Well, the, 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 before Frank can go get the guns, he's got to get a car. Even before that, he's got to tune up Micro's guitar. Well, yeah, that scene. Because Micro sucks at guitar. Well, Frank can play guitar. He can, because. Of course, he can. Why wouldn't he be able to play guitar? It's not really a character trait that he's had, so it's just kind of... So? It's not like... Again, it, it's one of those moments in the show where I was just like, oh, that's what we're doing, huh? So what? You learn how to play guitar? I'm not the Punisher. Deployed. I No, and Frank Castle's also not the lead singer in Long Cold Dark, so... And, and that's the way it should be. We should have separate entities. I don't... It just struck me as kind of a... Yeah, weird note for the Not Punisher. Not a bodybuilder, but you work out. I don't want the Punisher playing guitar. It just seems very hokey and dad rockish. Don't see the problem with it. It's it's not like it's a major plot point. It's not like they're saying Frank to get through this mission. It's enough. You gotta rock out. It's 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 enough. That and the Springsteen. Come on, come on, Frank. Yes, because someone like Frank would not like Springsteen. No. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't. Yeah. Blue collar guy. It's not going to like Springsteen. Okay. He's in the military. These guys are cranking Metallica and Slayer on the regular. They got to get out a lot of aggression. The boss ain't doing it for him. So in the scene where Frank goes to get a car, he goes to a chop house. Yeah. Did you notice the reference to a Punisher action figure that was, I think it was like a reference to either a comic cover or something, when he put the guy through the pinball machine? No, I missed that. There was like, there was a, you know how they got those, those Marvel action figures that come with like a little scene? They're in like the really big cards and whatnot. Wherever I had Dave and Adams together again, I'll show them to you. All right. But there's, they always come with like, like for like example. A little diorama kind? Yeah, exactly. And they did a Punisher one, and he comes with a guy like smashed through a pinball machine. <laughs> Not only that, it's the old Spider-Man pinball machine from the 70s. Wow. So they included that. Yeah. I just picked up that. I was like, wow, that's, well, uh, that's that got to be something out. in the comics. Because they're not just going to reference an action figure. That's true. And now that you pointed that out, I'm going to point something else out later. So uh, he he offs quite a few dudes. Yep. And this is the first time that uh, Micro gets to kind of see that in action. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you wanted a guidance system. This is what it looks like when the missile goes off, buddy. Yeah. Um, Trying to hold it in. Don't want to puke. Yeah. Yep. They take the car. Mustang, of course. Always by American. I am I am very pleased with Frank's selection in car. Granted, there were faster cars there. Yeah, yes. Um, but I love Mustangs. I would always love to own nice black GT Mustang with 
gold racing stripes. Hmm. Hood pins in it. Hmm. Yeah. Not a Ford guy. Anyway, they take the gun. We get the a, battle van. We get a van. Not, not, not the so battle much van the battle yet, van. But, but yeah. it will be the battle van. So that kind of leads me into the next reference. This car chase happens. So, yeah. So they do, Frank does the, you know, Madani's uh, radio gets jammed by Micro. So yeah. she, they're, they're on this Long gun. story short, Frank steals guns. They, Frank steals guns. We finally get to the point. Now, he gets the van with the guns. He chases off the bad guys with the flamethrower. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Madani knows the Punisher, the flamethrower. That's right. Well, Madani knows something's up. So she kind of like bails on the op and like chases them down in her own car. Yeah, we get some Mustang on Mustang action. Madani, Mustang or is yeah. that a GTO? Or no, Madani is, uh, you can tell by the uh, taillights. All right, well. Uh, and the placement of the headlights. Uh, Madani looked to be like a uh, early 60s Mustang. Okay. We'll have to look it up. But uh, car chase scene. Yeah. Do you think this is kind of a wink and a nod to the car chase scene in the first Punisher Tom Jane movie? Even though it was brief, there was a car chase scene in that movie. No. No? No. Okay, why include so. it then? Because. All right. I I thought that might. To give, like, to kind of flush out this episode more, which didn't quite need it. <laughs> One thing I was kind of laughing at, though, in both the first viewing and this viewing, when they were playing chicken with each other. Yes. I'm just like, Frank, you're smart enough to know that's an early 60s model Mustang. It's made out of metal. Yes. You're driving, you're you're driving, driving a, a, a 2016 Mustang. It's made out of plastic and wiring. Mm-hmm. It will obliterate you and maybe get a dent. But the idea is that not so much to win the crash so, so much as it is to intimidate the other person into swerving. Yeah, it's just one of those... But I feel you. You're yeah, right. You're, you're dead on. Pseudo car guy and it's just one of those things that I was like, yeah. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because Micro saves the day. Yep. Um, Madonna's lucky to survive that, by the way, because that was violent. It was a it was a hard hit. Um, I mean, you look at where the energy's headed to where the energy's directed, and like you know, all the energy's going forward, and the energy it's hitting her is coming from the side. So the energy it's going forward is going to dissipate the side energy a little bit. A little, but yeah. She's, but yeah, she should be in rougher shape than she's in. To be fair. But she, again, it helps being in, you know, a battle car. It does. It does. But it's not like she was in the roll cage from stuck Yo, in Mike's yeah, car, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. But she lives. Frank pulls her out and basically says, like. Leave me alone. Beat it. Get lost. But now she knows that he's alive. Yep. So that's where we leave off. The yeah. End. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. We could have condensed a lot of this down or, you know, split up elements of this into different episodes. Um, but still, overall, we are kind of building towards where we're going. Um, it could be expedited over the next couple episodes, but um, I did enjoy the last half of the episode when Frank gets to do some Frank stuff, like, you know, take out some thugs. Yep. And get into a little uh, car chase and, you know, just be intimidating and, and punishery. So I dug that. Yep. All righty. So that does it for us here at the courthouse. We appreciate you joining us, folks. We would love to hear from you. 
If you'd like to send us any questions, comments, thoughts for the show to be read on the show, uh, by all means, reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us on the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. That being said, Drew, any closing thoughts? Be better fans in 2018, folks. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. It's just just be, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Said it before. All right. With that, court is adjourned.